I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everyone. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, and welcome to Emotional Management. It's the show where we can talk about what's going on with you. I'm super excited about the guest that I have with me tonight. I like that music, re-entering there. I love it. So my guest tonight has been on the show before. He's awesome. Dr. Nishant Gandhi, he specializes in pain management. His reach is wide, and we're going to have a wide range of topics. So, Dr. Gandhi, welcome back on the show. Great to be back again, Christian. I um, last time you were here, we had a lot of good discussions about so many different things. We are going to answer questions that people have write are writing in about, but we also want to invite you to call in. The number is eight six six three nine one ten twenty. It's eight six six three nine one ten twenty, and of course you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Before we get started, or as we're getting started, I want to bring up, look, this show is emotional management. The whole concept is, how can I help bring peace to the airwaves? How can I help bring peace to your life and help you get through the emotions you're experiencing? And this past week, we had two uh, back-to-back mass shootings. And you'll notice, if you listen, a frequent listener to this show, I don't bring up um, a current events, um, there's a lot of stuff going on every day in our lives, and I tend to avoid that as a topic because you are, for your whole life, you're always living with you, and you're, there are going to be things that you're struggling with all the time, and I want to focus on that and give you an opportunity to have a space where you can call in and ask about things. But I wanted to just touch on that when this happens, when we have two mass shootings, there is so much fear. There's so much anger. Um, there's so much pain, so much hurt, and understandably so, absolutely understandably so. Something that I would like to share, and I'm going to talk about it tonight with Dr. Gandhi, and I'd love to talk about it with you as well, is this. When we're all contributing to the content of the universe, so in other words, we can't just say something and pretend like what we said doesn't impact people because it does. Our words are heard, our words are felt, and our reaction to events is still a part of the content. Now, I do, uh, uh, I come from a perspective and 20 years of experience specializing in working with people convicted of violent crimes that anger is not going to be overcome with more anger, but by love alone. I really buy into that statement. Um, But the question is, how do we do that? How do we have that love? How do we actually implement that? Because it's one thing to say it. It's easy to say it. It's another thing entirely to live it. What I would ask the world, what I would ask you, the listener, is to be mindful about what you're talking about and the way you discuss it. So maybe you are hurt. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you want to lash out. Maybe you think it's all a simple answer. But I would caution against that, and I would step back and realize that sometimes when we're hurt 
when we're hurting really deeply, our natural response is anger. And that's okay. That's natural. But let's be mindful how we express that anger and what it turns into. Because if we're not, we start really just firing people up and spreading anger. So it's worth being mindful about. So let's bring in uh, Dr. Gandhi. So so glad for you to come back here. Yeah, it's great to be back, Christian. I know we have a lot in common. We share a lot. Um, we agree on a lot of things. Um, we view the world the same way. Um, you know, specifically what you're talking about, you know, the shootings that happened last weekend. Um, certainly, you know, initially the response is sadness. And, uh, you know, obviously we feel a certain way about, you know, what happened and how the, what those people are going through, what their families are going through, what seems to kind of propagate, however, especially on social media and other kind of public platforms, is what you're talking about, um, is an angry response um, in either direction to that event. And I don't know that that's all that productive. It doesn't necessarily mean that we don't feel that anger or others don't feel that anger, but the comments that are made, the... Uh, beliefs that are thrown out without any thought for what that negative energy means have not necessarily helped the cause of anything. Right. It's well, it's worth being mindful about. Is it, or is what you're saying helping? So as a doctor, you see patients who come in and one of the things that I know I've experienced in my own career, I suspect you've experienced as well is you see the complexities of each individual of each person that comes in. And when we're when we spend a career focusing on the complexities of what people are, it becomes more and more difficult to just pin people down to one aspect of their lives. Right. And every human being comes in as a different soul with a different set of experiences, things they've gone through recently, things they've gone through in the past, whether it's trauma, even positive things that are going on in their life now. As a physician, when somebody comes to your office for the first time or even for a repeat visit, the goal is to get as much of that as possible some of that subtext that they bring with them and get them to speak about it more. Um, certainly the, you know, the importance of discussing their pain is at the top of the list, but there's so much else going on when people come into the office that we have to you know, make an effort to focus on, and we can't really do that unless you know, we make a human connection. Well, and we're going to talk a lot about the human connection tonight, and obviously when you have a tragedy like this, two tragedies like this, it helps, uh, it fractures the human connection in many ways for people start to take sides of this side and that side and all that stuff. But it also bonds the human connection because people then rally together to help support each other as they get through these tragedies. So we're going to talk about the human connection tonight. Would love for you to be a part of this show. 866-391-1020 is the number if you want to talk about it. But this concept that I'm like, I, I've thrown this out. I've written this before as a statement, like you are contributing to the content of the universe with everything you say and do. So I say a lot, I teach the concept that people see your actions, not your intentions. It doesn't matter what you meant to say or didn't mean to say, they see what you actually said. So if you lash out in anger, you lash out in anger. That's what the world sees. They see anger, right, wrong, good or bad. That's what they see. Right. And if you feel anger, it's certainly, you know, Emotions are valid. You feel them whether you want to or not. That's why they're emotions. But choosing how to express them, internalizing that emotion, putting it out there in a positive manner should be the goal. We are not always living up to that goal. We, we're all human beings, and so we're going to lash out on anger from time to time. The goal is to minimize that management and minimize the negative energy that goes out into the world. 
Exactly. And uh, and since I'm always trying to see multiple sides to every issue, when I think about the if I were to defend human beings in this day and age and why they respond as intensely as they do, it's that no other time in human history, as far as we know, have people been able to just been able to say to the whole world whatever they're feeling in that given moment. So you might not have liked something. Something might have happened. It might have shocked you. You might have been in pain. You might have been hurting but you didn't have access to then pu- put that on a public platform for the entire world to access. Right. You mean something might have gone wrong at work that day. Maybe your boss, you know, made you upset. You did something wrong. They yelled at you. You go home. Your wife gets mad at you. Whatever. Whatever the case may be, some interaction you have, you run into somebody on the road and you're angry at another motorist. Whatever that might be, and maybe you go home and talk to your family about it. But it certainly wouldn't go blasting out into the stratosphere, right. you know, into your own you know, on, on somebody else's Facebook or Twitter newsfeed, right? And right. and so not that, you know, those, those, you know, platforms have enabled us to connect and, you know, increase human connections in many ways also, and that's the positive of it. The negative is that we do, you know, have an opportunity to send a lot of negative energy to a lot of people, you know, instantaneously. It's, it's fascinating. So I'm so grateful you're going to be here the whole night in studio for the whole show. I'm so stoked. Dr. Nishant Gandhi is joining me live. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. I'm Dr. Christian Conti in studio with me tonight. My buddy, I'm so happy to have him back. Dr. Nishant Gandhi. Dr. Gandhi, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Condi, it's great to be here. So let's talk about a little bit about those shootings again, just because this show is emotional management and it's, it's, you know, kind of really, uh, and it's an honor to be a part of this, you know, KDK wanted to do something to be able to connect with the, the people of the area and, and try to provide, you know, some, a, a show that's helpful for people. So I think it's really hard right now to know how do you respond? What do you say? What do you do? In the past, like when we were growing up, we didn't have every single statement we thought it it wasn't about to be shown to the entire world because that's the stuff didn't exist. Right. No, it didn't exist at all. You had few people that you talked to when we were kids, right? Your parents, maybe your friends, something happened. You talked about it and and that was it. Um, Now we get on the keyboard and we type and we blast it out. It's there forever. Uh, People can read it. Um, People will respond um, we've somewhat created these little echo chambers of our own friends and family who maybe, you know, feel the same way that we feel about a lot of issues, um, and they will like or dislike those things. Um, I've rarely found that any of those forums lead to any productive discussion, and generally, people just get angry at each other. Um, try to stay out of that stuff myself. Um, I read all of it. I don't comment much because I don't find that it's productive. Um, you're not going to convince anybody on the internet of anything. Um, and so generally, the, and also the emotions that we come up with initially in, in the moment are rarely where we land. Right? right. And I've found that in my life in a lot of things. I mean, not just in response to you know, horrific tragedy like what happened this weekend, but to anything. Um, if something that happens to me or that I read about or see or hear about causes an emotional response in me, that initial feeling that I have is almost never where I actually land days, weeks, months later. So that kind of begets the question, what is that first emotional response anyway? Is yeah. it, it's made up of, you know, the, my previous experiences in life um, and my, you know, response to the event that occurred. 
but what am I going to do with that? And so by posting about something right away, we're kind of ignoring the fact that our own body and mind need time to process things in order to come to come some sort of constructive process. So my wife always says, like, it's okay to not have an opinion about something right away. Correct. Like, it's really okay. That's genuinely okay to sit back and say, you know what? This was a tragedy. I can be a safe space for someone. I can I can meditate. I can pray. I can send good energy. But I don't have to blast out my most angry opinion about what's going to happen. Right. Ne- never miss the opportunity to say nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Right. It's true. I mean, being a safe space some, sometimes for people is transformative because you can be a sounding board to listen. You used a good uh, term about when people get on and they kind of see a, a, a visualize just somebody sitting in a room with four, four mirrors around them. Right. You kind of just, as, as you said, echo chamber. Like you just, you surround yourself with people who are going to say what you want them to say. Right. And, and that somehow gives you the emotional validation to say, well, that your initial emotional response was correct making it more difficult to actually reach that point of processing that you need to. So I think it's actually counterproductive for your own emotions to, to you know, let that energy out into the world. Because as it's validated, it will further reinforce that that energy is correct when it may not be. <laughs> it's, it's really true. So let's say you talk to 10 people in your, in your circle and you're like, listen, everybody believes this. That's because you all believe the same thing anyway. And now you're all fired up. And now you have the false confidence that everyone, seven and a half billion people now believe this. Right. And that's the, your, your data set is very, very low. Your yeah. N is low, as we say in, yeah. in, uh, in medicine. Right. So your experience is, is, uh, is not robust enough to make any real conclusions about how people actually feel. But because the people that you interact with on a daily basis online or even in your personal life believe it, then you think that that's actually true for everybody. Well, and the certainty that we feel, that certainty gives us like, man, it makes us feel justified in our anger. Well, of course I'm right. I've talked to X, Y, and Z, and they've confirmed what I said. So Right, and it's the of course I'm right type of philosophy that if, if you believe that of course I'm right, well, then the other side is of course they're wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't really help things, right? We've reached a place in society now where if you have a certain belief, which is reinforced by people in your own echo chamber and your own group of friends, the people on the opposite side must not only be wrong, they must be evil, right? They, we have yeah. this, it, it's become so black and white, uh, regardless of what your you know beliefs are, that people that don't believe what you believe, regardless of the issue, are somehow wrong and somehow not good people. And I think that's a real problem. It's, it's very big. So my goal with this concept of emotional management was to do a show where I bring people like you on who are phenomenally bright, you have the experience, and we have this conversation that people might not normally be exposed to. And you as a physician, you had to study, you had to break down studies. I, getting a PhD, I had to break down studies. A lot of times people get really, well, listen, I, I know this study and this study demonstrates this. But one of the things we learned going through school is there are no studies that are absolutely flawless. Like studies have flaws. They absolutely do. And that's part of the learning process for what I did and what you did is, you know, at a beginner's level to learn how to look at a study like that, interpret the data that it's giving you and really try your best to prove it wrong in your head and, and, and poke holes in it because – Skepticism in in science um, and in research is important, and so that exact exactly. So skepticism is so healthy, and we have a tendency to be skeptical of those who believe differently from us. But we have a tough time being skeptical of our own knowledge, of our own egos, 
we have a tough time. But I think that the more people can really, we can shine light on the reality that if you can start questioning your own position, my goodness, does that change things for you? And that and that's the issue with, and that how that's how it ties into emotion, right? Yeah. If you're able to look at things objectively, you're able to have the skepticism for things you might believe and not believe. Once you add an emotional component, it's very challenging to look at your own beliefs and poke holes in your own beliefs because you have an emotional connection. And if others poke holes in them, you won't say, well, thanks for teaching me that. What you'll say is, you're wrong and I'm right. And right. you'll dig your heels in further because it's an emotional belief that you have, not necessarily a practical, logical, or objective one. Yeah, and I, I talk a lot about um, Robert Burton on my show because uh, I'm going to have to have him on sometime. I've reached out to him before and talked to him, and I'm looking forward to having him on. He wrote a book called On, on, Certain, on Being Certain, um, a couple books. I really like several of his books. He's a leading neuroscientist in the world. And he just showed that certainty is an emotion. It's not, it's not a cognition. It's not a thought. It's an emotion. So when you feel certain about something, you just dropped out of your cognition and jumped right into your emotion and you dig your heels in. And there is even something called the backfire effect that when people present information that actually shows how your information is off, you will dig in deeper and be like, no, now I really believe what I believe. Correct, and that there are a lot of issues, you know, uh, that are out there right now that definitely are like that, like vaccinations, gun control, whatever the case may be. People are presented with reams and reams of data on one side or the other, and they dig their heels in further. They don't believe those things. I think, you know, and and your, to your point about certainty, that's a very important concept, right? One of my favorite words is non-zero, and I like the word non-zero because everything is non-zero, right? Th there's it's a very, very low chance that a bird's going to fly through that window right now, but the chance is non-zero, right? So if you're certain, that means it's 100%. Yes. There is nothing in this world that is 100%, right? So if you can approach every day like that, it makes looking at somebody else's opinion and thinking that it might be correct a little bit easier. This is why I want you to be so dialed in for tonight's show. Super stoked. Dr. Gandhi's with me. 866-391-1020 is the number. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I, when I hear the music intro... I always try to do something cool. It doesn't end up sounding cool, but <laughs> I would I would like it to be cool. So <laughs> I'm in the studio uh, joined with Dr. Gandhi. Like this, he's excellent to talk to. He's phenomenal to see as a physician. He, You have offices in different places in Bridgeville, Connorsville, Greensburg, and Washington. The number, if you want to see Dr. Gandhi, is 724-603. Three five six zero. It's pain and spine specialists. Um, just outstanding. Like I, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you're you're a resource for people in this area because you see the whole person. Like you see people as much more than just what they present with. Right. It's all about like we talked about before. It's about the human connection as quickly as you can. Um, that is the entire part of my job. Right. I do give medications to people. I do injections and procedures uh, on people. I prescribe physical therapy for people. I give people creams and braces and all that type of stuff. That's about 10% of the job. 90% of it is listening, communicating. Um, I can't do my job effectively unless I can learn the person in front of me. So I um, created something called Yield Theory. I'm super excited. My new book, Walking Through Anger, is coming out in October. We got some 
cool bookmarks I'm gonna be able to give out. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty neat to see it all come together. Um, the concept of yield theory it can go deep. I mean, I definitely I, I specialize in counseling theories. I specialize in counseling techniques, but I really wanted to make it simple. Like I boiled down like what is the essence of it, and it's all about trying to see people, meet them where they are, see the world through their eyes. And really try, and you do it through listening, validating, and exploring options. Absolutely. I believe that that is the goal of my job and any physician's job or anybody that treats patients, um, yourself included, right? We have to be able to see the world through other people's eyes in order to treat them effectively. We, If we're not doing that, we're probably not being very effective. We have to understand what they're bringing to the table, understand what their views and emotions are. Certainly the pathology they're bringing to the office in terms of pain, whether it's something in their back or their neck or their elbow or their shoulder, is in the forefront. But the person behind it matters a whole lot. When trying to come up with a, uh, you know, a, a plan to help them that's you know, multifactorial and comprehensive, not taking into account the rest of them is, is really short-sighted. So speaking of people, um, I want to go to this message I just received. It said... Um, I am truly afraid to go places now. I will give up what I need rather than go to the store uh, from D. So D, I uh, appreciate this. This is, a, a, this is a powerful message here. I'm truly afraid to go places now. I will give up that um, what I need rather than go to the store. So you think about what this impact emotionally this has done to people to see these shootings, to see that there are people who are now afraid to go to the store. Um Right. That's the long-lasting impact of somebody that behaves in that fashion. They aren't just terrorizing the people that they're actually attacking. They're terrorizing the entire community around them and the entire country. And anybody that's watching or paying attention, people can't do the things that they want to do because they're afraid. That's that's terrorism. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. What I would say to D is this. I mean, look, this is it's the life is fragile. It is fragile. When I first started to study existentialism, existentialism sounds like a fancy name, um, sounds like a big deal. What it really is is a philosophy that questions our existence. It, it questions our nature. And when we start to question our nature, one of the first things we realize is that we're finite beings. We're going to have a beginning, a middle, and end, and we will all have that day where the end of our life comes. People used to interpret existentialism as this pessimistic philosophy. Well, it concentrates on death. But the opposite is actually true. By recognizing that there's going to be an end, you can fully embrace every moment that you do have. So I think there are some answers in different philosophies, some like existentialism, that say, this is your moment, so we don't know when the end of our lives will be, but here's what we do know. We want to live our lives to the best of our ability. And to me, I think the way we respond to all of this stuff, we talked about it, and I want to circle back to it, is being mindful of what you're contributing to the universe. So how are you sending out good vibes to the universe? Are you sending out you know, like kindness, compassion, patience, or are you sending out anger? Like what is it that you're giving off? Absolutely. This, you know, the concept of existentialism and how you're describing it also relates to you know, mindfulness, right? And yeah. so that feeling of saying, well, I don't know when this is going to end and I don't know when it's going to get better. And I say that to a lot of patients, right? They say, well, doc, what's going to happen six months from now? What's going to happen a year from now? I actually don't know, right? I generally say God knows. I'm a spiritual person. I say that. Um, I try to redirect them into saying, well, let's not focus necessarily on a year from now or two years from now. Let's focus on what what's happening right now in front of you. 
Are you going to be able to go home and play with your kids today? The answer is probably no. You're in pain. Maybe next week it will. Right? Maybe the week after that it will. Let's make concrete steps to get you to that goal, whatever those goals are, and pay attention to what you're feeling right now. So let's bring that answer back down to D asking this question. I'm afraid to go out. I uh, don't know what to do. So let's say, all right, so let's think about what is realistic for your threat impact. Like, let's really think about what's possible to do. Maybe the first time you go to the store, D, you do feel a lot of fear rushing through at first. And you have those images and the thoughts of everything that just happened. But you take Dr. Gandhi's perspective that he just shared, like maybe the first time you go to the store, it's going to be scary. And just embrace that. Like, yes, it's going to be scary. I do feel tense. But the next time I go, it's going to be a little easier. And maybe the next time it's going to be a little easier. And the point is to get yourself back out there. Right. And that's, that is the reality of something like that, whether it's somebody like Dee who's having trouble emotionally leaving the house because of what's happened, or one of my patients who can't get up and walk because it hurts too much, right? Well, we're going to help you with therapy. We're going to help you with medications. We're going to help you with injections, whatever that case may be. The next time it'll be better. It may not be the same. If it's hard one time, it'll be a little bit easier the next time. Every time you do it, it'll be better. Understanding that process of what isn't hurting you all that badly that you can't actually move at all, you start pushing through that, it starts to get better. And I heard uh, someone recently when I was talking about this concept say, well, can't I just be angry? Like, can we just be, of course you can be, you can be as angry as you want to be. My question to people is this, what is your goal of your response or what you give the world? So if your reaction is, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell everybody what's wrong, Will that actually shed light on uh, shine? You know, will that shed light on things, or will it just make people more defensive and dig their heels in deeper? Right, and, and it seems like the second is generally the truth. Right, it doesn't end up usually convincing anybody of anything they didn't already believe. Ends up getting a lot of false applause and likes and pats on the back from people that already agree with you, and angering people that disagree with you. Yeah. You aren't necessarily influencing anybody in one way or the other by for, like throwing that anger out there. It really is a simple but profound question is, what is your goal of your communication? And my whole concept with yield theory is, do you want to speak just to speak and get to pat yourself on the chest and be like, I told them, or do you want to speak in ways that are actually heard? What's your goal? Right. What's your goal every day, every minute, uh, every moment that you're alive in speaking to people and communicating with people? My goal is to learn and to grow. And I feel like I learn and grow most from my patients. Well, and I think that's something that is, is, that's what I love about you. I'm so grateful to have you back on the show and you'll be back on again in the future because you are so down to earth. I think some of the things that we can talk about tonight too will be how do you stay emotionally healthy? Uh, You you have a lot of stress as a physician who is busy constantly, um, extremely driven person. You have stressors just like everyone else. What do you do to balance all that stuff? Right. For for me, it is looking for human connection in any way and place that I can find it. Uh, it's not always apparent in the places that we look for it. Um, I was sharing a story with you earlier. Um, I do fly to New York once a month um, to, to do anesthesiology. Um, I leave my family behind to do that. Um, I work on the weekends there at a hospital in New York City. Um, and when I get on a flight, usually I stop at the little store and pick up a soda or a drink and some chips. And before I get on the plane and I, you know, started to notice the same lady working there every time, and her name's Donna, and she used to be there every time. And then uh, started, I introduced myself to her. Um, she told me a little bit about her life, and we chatted a little bit, and I said, nice to see you. Um, and she learned that I go to New York every month, and I leave my family behind to do that. And then one day I went there, and she wasn't there. 
Um, and I asked the woman who worked there, I said, where's Donna? She said, oh, she works at the toy store down the hall. They just opened a toy store. So I made it a point to go over to the toy store and say hi to Donna and give her a hug and say I missed her and then see her. And she was so touched that I did that. Uh, and then I came back on Sunday and I bought a toy for my kid. And now that's my routine. Every month when I go to New York, I get to the airport early enough on Friday to say hi to Donna and uh, give her a hug. Um, and then on the way back on Sunday, I stop in and chat with her for a bit and pick up a toy for my kids. Um, and uh, I think she's listening tonight, actually, because um, I told her about the show and, and about the work that you do. Um, and so that's a human connection in a very unlikely place, right? And so you talked about the stresses in the world. Yeah, it's stressful to leave your family and go to work, especially when you're leaving the city. So what do I need to get through that time? I need a human connection, right? I, I miss my that. wife and my kids the moment I drive out of my house to go to the airport. I miss them before I leave. So if I can connect with somebody at the airport and develop a friendship with somebody in an unlikely place, that makes my life better. It's the ultimate it's the ultimate goal of us as human beings, the human connection. It's so deep, it's so powerful. In fact, coming up, I'm going to read an email from a woman from Egypt. And you talk about the connection that we have in different places and the way how interconnected we are amongst the world today. Um, I've never even been to Egypt yet. I'm about to give um, some good feedback to this woman for uh, writing in. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti, joined by Dr. Gandhi on KDKA Radio. Thank you so much for being with us. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Look, this is the show where you can write in, call in, and talk about life. The reality is that we are really connected in this world. Tonight in studio with me is Dr. Gandhi, um, specializes in pain management, but just a tremendous human being. We're having a great conversation. But I want to read this email because we talk about the human connection. We talk about how important human connection is. I started a YouTube channel a few years ago. And my goal was just to try to give people, you know, there's not, there are not enough resources for people, mental health resources out there. So I just do videos where I talk about uh, life and I'm able to connect with people all over the world. And this next email is a great example of that. Um, I've, you know, never had contact with this person outside of through, I believe she found my work through YouTube. Um, but it's crazy to be able to see this connection that we can connect with people in places we've never been. So let me get to the email. Um, she says, uh, Hey, Dr. Conti, I'm 27 years old. Um, I have a lot of uh, behavioral issues. I'm a hot tempered person, but let me tell you something about my childhood. I came from a very domestic violent house. My dad used to beat me up a lot of yelling, calling me names, control over my life, slapping verbal abuse. It was a very toxic environment. He was a very angry man. So I grew up believing that it's okay to yell at people and get angry or violent. And I've tried not to be physically violent to people. I've read books and now, thank God, I'm not physically violent to people. But verbally, I am violent. What should I do? How should I deal with the verbal abusing that I do? What, basically what happens, she says, when I get angry, I start to yell and say mean things and hurt his feelings. And now I'm in a toxic, I'm the toxic one in the relationship. And when we're done fighting, I blame myself a lot. But I also find that I'm still even angry with my parents because their marriage kind of led this me to seeing what I'm doing now. So I'll start a family one day and I'm afraid to be like them. Please tell me what to do, how to control all these emotions. Thank you so much, Marnie. So thank you so much for your email. Um, I think it's super humbling to be able to hear from you um, that far away. And here's my, here are my thoughts. So first of all, my heart goes out to you. You went through a lot as a child. You went through an awful lot. Um, I think that we can say the words domestic violence, 
but that means something different for every person. So the amount of violence you saw, the things that frightened you, the, the fear, those things are real and they stuck with you and they stuck with you deeply. And you're right. You learned your world from your parents. Um, but what's very empowering to read in this is how you've overcome. You've been able to recognize what was wrong and then stop yourself from some of that stuff. You still have all these feelings though, and that's natural. Dr. Gandhi said it earlier, we're not wrong or bad for our feelings. Our feelings are there to teach us things. And your feelings on all this anger is teaching you there's a lot for you to still deal with around, first of all, the household you came from, and second, the relationships that you're in. Because how do you deal, how do you not bring that baggage to your next relationships? I, I think that I wanted you to know that you've already taken steps because sometimes it's like, Oh, what's the first step? But you're actually, you've done it. You've done more than the first step. You've done several steps where you are right now. When you say, tell me how to control all of my emotions. I would say this, you master what you practice. That means you don't have to be perfect in anything in life, but you just keep practicing what you want to master. If you want to master control, then the next time you have a very intense emotion, instead of telling yourself, I have to let people know about this. It's okay to sit with that emotion for a little bit, not respond, not react, but sit back and go, what's going on? And there will be a beginning, a middle and an end to this experience. And I know I can get through it. That is a powerful piece of information to go. Yes. It's easy to understand intellectually. Yes. It's much more difficult to practice, but I promise you that you master what you practice, Marnie. And the more you practice this approach, of saying there's going to be a beginning, there's going to be a middle, there's going to be an end. I'm going to get through it. I think the better you're going to get at it. I think it's really fascinating. Dr. Gandhi, I mean, here's this woman struggling, young woman struggling in Egypt. It's in a different area, yet I always say there are two kinds of people. We all we either have issues or we're dead. We all have issues. Right. And I think this is something that relates to a lot of people out there. It definitely does. As you said, it definitely tells you that she is taking steps. The fact mm -hmm. that she's recognized this is a problem is step one. The fact that she emailed you about it and asked about it is step two. That's already two steps in the right direction. Yeah. Many people act either out of, mostly out of irrational behavior and don't even recognize that it's irrational. She already has that and is sitting with it. Now the question is, how does she improve on that? The point that you touched on on saying, like we've discussed, your emotions are real, you have to sit with them and, and understand what they're trying to teach you, right? And not necessarily act on them all the time. That's the goal. And we're never going to be perfect at that goal. There's no way, none of us are perfect at anything, right? We all have issues and we're not perfect at dealing with anything. The next time she feels that way, sits down, holds that emotion inside, tries to figure out what that emotion is going to teach her and help herself sit through that emotion by recognizing that it's going to end, Understanding that nothing is permanent and nothing lasts forever, even a really intense, powerful negative emotion will dissipate. Well, I love the phrase you used earlier, something to the effect of where you uh, take off is not where you're going to land when it comes right. to that emotion. I'm not sure if I did it justice in the first part of the saying, but something to that effect. Where you first, first experience that emotion, that's not where you're going to land with it. So initially, Marnie, I think you're going to be when you're angry, when stuff comes up, you might feel like, well, I have to let others know exactly how I'm feeling right now. You're not going to be feeling like that. Once you let it pass, you step back and here's what happens. You start to realize, my goodness, I did not fall apart just because I didn't express that anger. 
I can sit with it and I actually feel more empowered because now I'm able to think about the best possible response. And that, that one time doing it gives you more ability to do it the next time. Yes. And I want to be super clear about this. I'm not saying don't deal with your emotions or shove it down. I'm not saying that at all. There's an enormous difference between shoving down your emotions, acting like you don't have them and acknowledging that you in fact have them and saying they are not going to last forever. There's that's two totally different things. So I'm not saying shove them down. I'm saying sit with them, acknowledge them, really acknowledge them. And you use the phrase, and I, I use this often, it's like, what can you learn from your emotions? What are they teaching you? So I always say personify your emotions and then ask, what are they, what is your anger? Marnie, ask your anger, what are you here to teach me? Right. Why is she feeling that? What has happened that she is feeling that anger so intensely? I think she's already on that path. She's yeah. already kind of tied some of her previous experiences into why she's feeling that anger now. Certainly it's related to her past experience and her makeup. So that is the first step towards this. Well, and we'll talk about maybe some daily habits too that you can engage in because your daily habits, they matter, they matter. And what you're doing every day toward what you want to do matters. So we'll talk about some of that stuff coming up too. We're going to talk a whole lot more about the human connection as well. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of Dr. Gandhi, the he's got offices in, in Bridgeville, Connorsville, Greensburg, and Washington, pain and, pain and spine specialist, the number 724 603-3560, Dr. Nishant Gandhi. I'm so glad that uh, you are here in studio with me tonight. We have a whole nother hour where we're going to take calls. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. Would love to hear from you. But he's going to be in studio with me for the rest of the show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. He's Dr. Gandhi. This is Emotional Management on KDK Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. I'm super grateful for you uh, listening out there. I've been touched and humbled by the connections and the, the comments people have reached out to talk about. They're listening from different parts all over the world. Um, had a, a letter from someone from South, an email from somebody from South Africa today. Uh, so to be able to hear that people are listening in so many different countries, is, is it's an honor to be here. So listen, if I can help you out, the number is 866-391-1020. Would love to hear from you. In studio tonight with me, uh, Dr. Nishant Gandhi. He's a pain pain and spine specialist. Um, He helps with pain management. He's got offices um, in Bridgeville, Connorsville, Greensburg, Washington, Pleasant Hills. The number to get a hold of Dr. Gandhi is 724-603- three five six zero the website is www.passmd.com p-a-s-s-m-d.com so definitely check that out dr gandhi so we got some good stuff to get to we've talked about the human connection and that kind of leads us in we were talking about you do a lot of work with veterans so yeah so and when i was living in new york city i worked at the va hospital for three years uh was an anesthesiologist there took care of veterans for you know all surgical procedures Spent a lot of time with them, kind of learning what they bring, where they come from, the things that they've done, the sacrifices they've made, and what their lives are like now. Um, And many of them are suffering with chronic pain. Um, And, you know, in that capacity there, my role was generally as an anesthesiologist. Um, When I came here to Pittsburgh, um, I connected with um, a law firm here, Quattrini Rafferty, who does a lot of work with veterans. 
and we've been seeing patients um, together um, and helping them with their pain um, get to a quality of life that they can be proud of now. They've done a lot of things in the past that uh, have you know, made them very essentially unable to function at, at a capacity where they can hold a job or do the things they love, and that has made their lives very depressing um, and not full of much positive energy. And so by focusing on their pain, helping them get through their day, helping them do the things they want to do or have to do um, to fulfill their responsibilities, um, that has made my life very rewarding. Um, and so we see them pretty frequently in our office. Well, I mean, there's no denying the fact that we're all here because veterans do what they've done and have done for all of us. Um, would be nowhere without them. So, and a lot of times our veterans aren't treated in the best possible way. Um, I've seen a lot of guys through in my own uh, center. I've had guys come through that are veterans that were trained to fight and trained to defend themselves at all costs, come back um, from being overseas and then get into altercations quickly after something they've been training for for years and then get in trouble for it. And it's and it's tough to see that because. Um, you know, our veterans go through so much. It comes back to what I love about you, seeing people as human beings and recognizing what these men and women go through. Right, what they've done to make it so we can live the lives we live now. And many of them suffered injuries uh, and disability because of the sacrifices they've made. And like you said, come back and aren't treated the way they should be treated. And so we're trying to help them with that process, get their pain better, um, make them able to be productive members of society again um, and enjoy life like we all do, which we should be able to do. Well, I think anytime we talk about pain management and you talk about the medicines people take, there comes a lot of judgment around that. As soon as you even bring that topic up, there's a lot of judgment. Um, if people haven't experienced chronic pain, um, they tend to say, well, you know, why are you giving people medicine, stuff like that? Or the reverse is true. If they've had their own chronic pain their own experience of it but didn't take medicine they think ah oh, people shouldn't do it i didn't do it or whatever and there's a lot of judgment around it that that judgment is is extremely prevalent in our office we see that all the time patients bring it in they have their own views on it more often than not though it's it's views that their family and friends have on them and i do my best to undo that feeling i tell people that those that are judging them couldn't survive a day in their body or even an hour yeah. If they knew what, what they went through, they wouldn't be saying the things they said. And I tell them that within these four walls, you will not be judged. People will smile at you here. People will say good morning to you. Um, we will treat you with the respect that you deserve um, and like the person that you are. Outside these four walls, I can't control that. Right. right. But I can definitely make it so when you come here, this is a safe space for you, um, that people generally respond to that and, and then feel safe that they can tell me the other things that I need to know. So- it's a tool for me also to get to know people, get to know that I'm a person that's going to listen to them and to their concerns, and then they can tell me the things about their life that I need to know to treat them better. What is it they can't do because of their pain? Do they just want to be able to cut the grass every Sunday? Do they want to go on a cruise? Do they want to get to work? Do they want to make it to their granddaughter's wedding? Do they want to play with their grandkids on the floor? Whatever that might be for them, until they can trust me, they won't say those things. They're going to say, my yeah. pain score is eight and it hurts in my leg. Yeah. That's only 10% of my job, like I said. 90% yeah. of it's the human connection. So I need to get them to trust me to have that conversation. And making it clear that they're in a judgment-free zone is a big step in that direction. So human connection is so powerful. And I'm blessed because of the line of work I do. I get to meet 
a lot of good people, people like you. You and I got to have a friendship. And um, so I recommend people to you all the time. I'm like, if you're going to go see somebody that and you're struggling and you need some support, Dr. Gandhi is the ideal person to see. And the reason why I recommend you so much is you are going to be compassionate and treat people as human beings. So a lot of the work I do in the prison system yeah, we have people who are objectified. They're treated like numbers. They're not treated like people. And a huge part of the work I do is just trying to get people to treat people like human beings. It's it's fascinating because when you see people from the perspective we have, you see so many different sides. But when people are angry with people or judgmental toward them, they only see whatever side it is that they want to see. Right. And that anger and emotion is brought into the office every day. So they definitely have a viewpoint about what's been done to them before. They say, well, I've tried that before. I've done this before. And their previous experiences with other doctors, with uh, their friends and family, has formed this construct of where they believe a certain thing and it's emotionally connected. Yeah. So it's very challenging. It takes multiple visits sometimes to break through some of that emotional barrier to get to the root of the problem and also to get them to open up to discuss what's really bothering them. I was thinking we either had a call last time you were on this show or maybe not long after that where a woman had called and asked about uh, she was taking medicine for anxiety and she was saying, you know, she felt like bad for taking it. And I'm like, this is like a neurological thing. When you really understand things that you understand, when you have a neurological process, you've got to deal with it. So I love the work that you do in general. Always recommending people to you. I'm telling you, go see him. Uh, my man, you can seven two four six zero three three five six zero is a number to call to get an appointment with him. But above that, like you, the the work too that you're doing with veterans, I mean that's so important. Right, it's it's my way to give back. You know, it's, we just started this relationship, um, and it's growing now. Um, I like I said, I feel very strongly about working with veterans because they've done so much for our country. I none of us would be here today if it wasn't for the work they've done. And it, when you talk about emotional management, there's so much that goes into all of your lives out there. Like there, there are think factors that contribute to why you're feeling the way you're feeling right now. I think there are multiple, always multiple sides to why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. The more you try to pull it all into one little definable concept, the more you can get caught up in either ors. It's this or that. But when you can really look at the complexity of not only yourself but others, you can start to be less judgmental and you start to find a little bit more peace. Listen, for the rest of this evening, live in the studio with me, Dr. Nishant Gandhi. He's awesome, pain and spine specialist. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Little 50 cent bringing us back in there. Yep. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. We in the club. We're in the club. <laughs> Listen, it's a full range. I always said I wanted to have a show where I can just have, you know, people I really enjoy being around. We just sit in the studio and we talk about stuff, have these interesting conversations and give people a perspective that they might not otherwise have. And my belief is that it will contribute to people getting that insight, the more insight they have, the more effective, balanced lives they can lead. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. And we're going to go to the phone lines right now. And Donna, you're on emotional management. Thank you so much. I just want to say when I am working at the toy store in the Pittsburgh airport and I turn around and Dr. Gonta is there. I feel nothing but enlightenment. 
uh, I know he does totally God's work, and I admire so much the work that you, Dr. Conte, do for the veterans, because they are so, so valuable, and also the prisoners, because um, that you go there and give them self-worth. I think you're both amazing, and you definitely walk in the path of God's work. Thank you, Donna. That's uh, really that's really beautiful. I think it's amazing that you and Dr. Gandhi connected like that, and just he just was lighting up talking about your spirit, just having a, such a beautiful spirit, and it being such an important part of his journeys. It's so cool. It's so amazing that you part of my he, you are an important part of my journey, and as I told you in the store, and I will be praying for you every single day, both of you, for your work. Your God's work that you do. Thank and you. I told you when you left the store, and I mean that from my heart, I love you every day. Thank you so much, Donna. It was really nice for you to call in today, and I'm really glad you're listening. I told you about the show yesterday, and you're listening today. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Okay. God bless. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. okay. I, uh, what an awesome, what an amazing human being. Um, really, really awesome. So, you connected with this person. You talked about human connection being what's so important. And here it's, that's, we're seeing living evidence of it. Right. It's it's amazing. Right. When you meet people that share a similar worldview as you, frankly, even people that don't right. And still making an effort to connect with them. It's uh, it's what makes life worth living. It really does. So Don, I'm so grateful that you called in. That's just awesome. Um, Enlightenment is everywhere it's all around us the way we interact with people matters like you could have just gone about your day and never had that connection with her right but 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 that that's what makes it worth it right i yes it's i go to new york to keep a skill set up and to work and to to provide for my family but the human connection is the reason that i do it right i connect with the patients that i take care of in new york also right and so i wake up every morning with that mindset saying well what can i learn from the world today so if there's an opportunity to say an extra hello to somebody, to give a smile to somebody you normally would just walk past, you should do so. That's the way that I live my life. It gives me a reason to to wake up every day. So I um I was at a conference this past week and someone came up to me and asked about um she said you seem so calm all the time and I said, "Well, for instance, if you'd like insight into what I'm thinking right now as I walk through this breakfast line, my thought is how can I send good energy to everybody?" So my thought isn't what do I need to get? Like I'm pretty much identified what I'm going to eat. Once I identify what I'm going to eat, my only other thought is how can my energy reverberate past me um to bring some people around me peace. And I think that mindset has definitely shifted how I handle the day-to-day stuff because if my goal, what I found is when my goal is to impact people in a positive way, I'm not focused on what I don't have, what's what what isn't going my way. And I think that's a key. Right. There was um, a time when I was working in New York, actually, also. I worked uh, in an ICU and many overnight shifts, and the cafeteria was closed. And sometimes at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd need to get something to eat. So like any enterprising person, I visited the vending machines. And the vending machines at Columbia Presbyterian were always well-stocked, and my, my food of choice was Mountain Diet Mountain Dew and uh, those little grandma's cookies and Skittles. And those were always there. And so I'd go get them, you know, when I was on call at night if I was hungry. And then one day I saw the man who was stocking that machine. And I said, look, I don't know you and you don't know me, but I appreciate you. Because when <laughs> I'm here in the middle of the night and I'm tired and people are dying in the ICU over there and I need a little sugar pick-me-up, 
you have done your job and that stuff's available to me. He looked at me like I had three heads first. And they said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. And then I walked away. And that was it. Right. But that's what it's about. Right. It's about little stuff like that. Listen, I met I meet people all the time. So as a professional speaker traveling throughout the country, I have a tendency for a whole bunch of people to come up to me at once and introduce themselves. I'm not the best with names. I'm real good with recognizing somebody's face and the energy I feel around that person. I, I pick up on that. Not the best with names. But about 10 years ago, I was on a plane and I sat next to a woman named Emma. She was 90 years old. It was her first flight she had ever taken. She was moving um, to a different place in Nevada. And I'll never forget the conversation that we had on that plane because it was a beautiful, it was about an hour flight and I talked to her the whole time. I felt so honored that I was there and she looked at me and she said, you know, people just don't look up anymore. Like look up at the stars, like really look up. And I don't know, I'll never know anything more than her name's Emma and I wish I could find a way to reach her again. Um, I don't know, not sure where she is now, but I would like to say that was so amazing to me. I still will be walking into my house at night and look up at the stars. And I think of this incredible woman who shared that insight with me. Right, right. Exactly. You never know when those moments are going to occur. You have to be open <laughs> to receive them. Yes. Right. Learning how to receive energy from other people is I, I think it's a learned behavior, right? You don't wake up, you don't born with that ability. It's something that you decide that you want in your life to be able to take others' energy and give it back to them in a positive way. Um, it's impossible to do that unless you practice it. Right. It comes back to what do you practice on a daily basis. And that could mean as sometimes people get confused when I talk about practicing as though am I setting out to do this. What you're doing every day is what you're practicing. So if you call and you are complaining to people, that's what you're practicing. You're becoming a master complainer. Right. You're mastering whatever it is that you're practicing. The The quest is for us to be mindful of what it is that we're actually practicing. And so let me come back to the um, when I was in the breakfast line. I'm, it comes back to self-talk. So what am I saying to myself that imp impacts how I feel? What I invite people to do is start to say, what is your daily thought? So my wife gave me an awesome um, challenge uh, yesterday. She said, What's your next thought going to be? That's a great right. question. That is a great question. What's your next thought going to be? Because if you really think about that, now you have to be mindful. Am I going to choose to let it be a thought that swings me from this position to that position? Or is it going to be a thought I'm in control of? Right. And if you don't think about it, there's a chance that you, will, you, you won't have any control over it whatsoever. And that might send the wrong burst of energy into the world. Even if you think about it, you still might send the wrong burst of energy to the world, but at least you're trying not to, right? We're, right. we're human. We're going to make that mistake sometimes, but if you consider it and put it into practice, there's a good chance it might be positive energy instead. Yeah. So even with the best of intentions, you can mess up. Right. My analogy was, I've used it on the air a couple of times, but it's kind of what comes back to me in this moment, is if you let somebody over in traffic, and I remember one time I let like went somebody over and then somebody else, I was like, well, yeah, you go too. So I'm, here I'm thinking I'm doing a nice thing, letting two people right. go, but the guy behind me was furious. Like you broke the laws of society. You were only supposed to let one go and now we're move up, you know? And then, so. and then people get behind you and they get angry. And I, I actually, the, the traffic is a very interesting thing. You know, I've driven in many places in this country and also been in cars in India um, in various places. When you can imagine in India, it's pretty nuts. But there is this concept of collaborative driving there where you everybody's kind of facing each other at a red light and you're like, how is everybody going to make it around? And then suddenly everybody lets everybody go and it works great. 
Um, Europe is like that also, traffic circles and all of that, right? There's collaborative driving effort. New York City is the same way. People are like, New York City people are really bad at this. It's not true. It is about letting people go and letting people do stuff. We're going to have so much more coming up. This is Emotional Management on KDK Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where you can call in, talk about what's going on in your life, and get some insight. The number is 866-391-1020. Of course, you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. I'm joined in studio tonight by Dr. Gandhi. He's awesome. So excited to have you here tonight. Um, appreciate you coming in. It's been great to be here again, Dr. Conti. So let's go to emails. Uh, Paul writes in saying, I'm struggling with anger and my marriage is falling apart. I feel like every little thing is making me angry. Any small things I can do daily? Are there any small things I can do daily? Paul. So, Paul, let's talk about this. If your marriage is falling apart or you feel like your marriage is falling apart and you feel like every little thing is making you angry, it's because you are stressed. And when you're stressed, look, so there are, there's a scale of consciousness. That sounds fancy, but stick with me. It's a scale of awareness. So the lowest form of awareness is something called shame. When you live in shame, you act out of shame. If you feel like you're no good or worthless, you start to go at other people. Above shame is depression. When you're, If you ever struggle with depression, you know it's an awful feeling. You feel like you can't move. You feel like you can't really go forward. Above ang- uh, depression is anxiety. Now listen to this and follow me. Above anxiety is anger. And here's what I mean by that. In other words, we would rather be angry than sitting in shame, depression, or anxiety. And neurologically, that's true because when you're in depression and anxiety, you have a drop in serotonin, you have a flood of cortisol and adrenaline going through your body. These are awful feelings. Chemicals are really making you feel agitated, irritable. And when you snap out of anger, you release endorphins, which are the feel-good hormones. So for that moment that you're snapping, you're actually pulling yourself out of those other awful feelings. This is all neurologically. This is just this is observable. Once you snap, now you feel like, okay, I got it out, but now you feel bad usually about what you did, which then gets you right back down. It's what I call the cycle of shame. Here's what could happen. If you're struggling and your marriage is, is struggling right now, it's very possible that you feel so on edge that you're kind of looking for these little vents to be angry because when you can be angry, you can at least lash out. And then for that moment, you can have some respite from the constant either anxiety, just cortisol, adrenaline flowing through you. So Paul, my thought for you is this, be able to step back and say to yourself, am I really angry right now? Or am I struggling with something deeper that I just, it doesn't feel right. And I need to say this part, and I want to get some insight from Dr. Gandhi here too, but I want to say this part. When it, this scale of consciousness, it doesn't end at anger, obviously. There are much higher forms of consciousness. Love, knowledge, all the good things are up above those. But in, the, in what I call the cycle of shame, I just refer to those four because when you have shame, you have depression, you have anxiety, then it's worth being mindful that that's very well might be the reason why so many things are getting to you because it's almost like in those instances when you lash out 
you feel better. Last week I discussed on the show the cycle of violence, which is tension, explosion, honeymoon. And that's a similar feeling. When you're in that tension, it feels so awful that you explode. Now, maybe your relationship isn't violent in any way, and I hope it's not. But what happens is even if it's not violent, there can be tension and then there can be an explosion where it might not be violence, but it might be lashing out at each other, doing things I would invite you not to do anyway. But then in that moment, once you do it, you feel bad, which is why it evokes the honeymoon period. I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. And back to the tension. Right. And that cycle is endless in a relationship that is toxic like that or has reached that toxic level. Um, And most of the insight I would share is from my own life, right? That's, you know, when we all go through periods where we feel in in those four negative emotions, um, whether it's for a day or a week or a month or a year, the tools that I've found that help me with that are taking myself out of myself and asking about somebody else. So when you're feeling like that and sitting in those negative emotions, you don't feel that they're going to end or they're just going around and around in a cycle and the urge is to lash out against the person that you love the most, ask about her day. Ask about how she's doing. Maybe take time when you're not with her to connect with a friend you haven't spoken to in a while, right? Be nice to somebody in the cafeteria. Whatever the case may be, give a positive energy burst to somebody else in an unexpected fashion, um, and that seems to break that cycle, at least temporarily. And then you can sit down and examine why those emotions are there. When they're swirling around and you're deep in them, it's hard to even figure out why they're there. It's true. I So I have a thought on when people are experiencing constant anger or what might be contributing to it. I tell the difference between what I call the cartoon world, which is your world of shoulds. People should do what I want. She shouldn't be responding this way. He shouldn't be acting this way. She shouldn't have said that. And then there's the real world, how people are actually responding. So there's a difference between the cartoon world and the real world. As long as you align your expectations with the cartoon world, you're going to be on edge. You're going to be angry at every little thing because, wait a minute, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. And now, but when you start to align your expectations with reality, you go, okay, you did say that. So obviously you did feel that way or you were that. It's not the end of the world. I can handle it. And now your approach is totally different. But when I think when people get so locked into, and you you used a good phrase earlier around, like I was thinking about that mirror world. Right, your own echo chamber. Your echo chamber. So I love that, your echo chamber. And we can do that in our own thoughts, actually. We get an echo chamber of our own thoughts. See, you're not doing what I thought you were going to do. See, you did what I thought you were going to do. Right. And we get locked into that. And that can contribute to constant anger. Right. And many people are their own worst critics. So if you then behave in a certain way, then you're hard on yourself for behaving in that way. You lash out at your wife, then you're angry at yourself for that. And then it just drives you further, deeper into that area. The other thing that I think about, too, is kind of what related to last time I was on the show, that the whole 168 theory saying, what are you doing with your 168? What are you doing with your week? Right. Well, if you're spending your 168 hours 40 or 50, you're sleeping. The rest of your time, you're awake and stressed about your marriage or your job. Your marriage isn't good. It's bad. You're fighting a lot all the time. Well, can you devote some of that time, that 168, to your wife? Can you do things that maybe she normally does? You take care of it. Hey, I got home before you. I already made dinner. How was your day? Even though you may not feel like doing that. You start that process. You do the things that you want her to do, but do them yourself. So I don't know if I got to see you to tell you about this, but after you were here last time, you talked about what's your 168. I was doing a lot of work in a supermax prison. I went in the next day after we did that, and I shared your message. I said, Dr. Gandhi was on my show last night. He did this whole thing on what's your 168, how you spending your time. And this is one of those things. Life's not a movie. If we don't tell each other, you never know. 
So my bad on not telling you till right now. I saved it till live on air. But your ripple effect <laughs> is awesome because we had a, I had a really powerful group with uh, some guys who are incarcerated around the how do you spend that 168? What do you do with it? So just right, so and, know, and just for our listeners uh, to to reiterate what that yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It, there, there's 168 hours in a week, right? And and I I choose a week as that period because a week is a short enough period that you can kind of look at it forward and say, okay, you can plan a little bit to it, but it's not so long and so big enough that you can't you know compress it all into one kind of thought process. So you can enact change in a week, maybe meaningful change. It's not a day or an hour where you might feel a certain way. It's long enough that you can make a change, but short enough that it seems like you can consume it. I don't know if I told you about the um, last time taking things month by month. Right. Did I, did I tell you about that? I had a, I had a woman that came in and she was so worried about everything day by day. I said, oh right, yeah, you did. Yeah. It one month by month instead of that. Um, the one good thing about my clinical stories through the years, um, it's they're always consistent. So I'm because when something triggers right. that memory, I come right back to that story. Um, and it's funny as a professional speaker, like if I if I'm asked to speak longer than what I had planned. Sometimes I just come right back to the stories that I've been telling for 20 years. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. But, listen, we, we're talking about a lot of powerful stuff tonight, um, and there's still more time. If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. You can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. This is an, uh, a topic that it applies to all of us because we're talking about life. You're out there right now, and you're – you're thinking there are things that maybe you're you'd like to learn a little bit more about. Maybe you have some experience around pain and anger. Maybe you have experience around being judged because of maybe your approach to how you're dealing with something in your life. Or maybe you're in a spot where you're feeling judgmental towards people for how they're handling their pain. Whatever the case may be, would be happy to talk about it. 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Dr. Gandhi's in studio with me. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. This is Emotional Management. It's your weekly checkup from the neck up. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I love doing this show. I feel really um, grateful for you listening tonight. I feel humbled by uh, the people who reach out from all over um, to hear from someone tonight from Egypt to hear from people all over. Uh, it's a blessing. It's definitely a blessing. So, Dr. Gandhi, you talked about that we've been driving home this idea of the human connection. Um you're not the only, um, you and I are not the only people out there who are practicing, who care a lot about the people we're seeing. And you get, like I did, we get to run into people who are really putting their heart and soul into what they're doing. Right. You know, we, we both interact with people in fields that are kind of next to our own fields um, that provide the same care to patients. Um, and, you know, making sure that our patients are taken care of in a way where they feel as though their physician is appreciating the whole person and not just the complaint that they're coming in with. You know, on the primary care side, you know, what the Centerville Clinics and Dr. Daniel Holt are doing is pretty amazing all the way throughout the area. Um, and we develop a very close relationship with them, um, taking care of their patients. Um, they're, they focus mostly on primary care um, and all the issues that people have and making sure that their patients are taken care of from a pain perspective is one of our biggest things. And so we see eye to eye with them on, you know, the belief structure of seeing the whole patient. And then from an orthopedic side, especially here in the South Hills area, um, you know, South Hills Orthopedics, um, the doctors there deal with all kinds of orthopedic complaints. They've also kind of shown me 
that when I send them patients or they send me patients, we, we, we have the same views with regards to what patient care truly is. It isn't about a procedure. It isn't about a surgery. It isn't about an injection. It isn't about a medication. Those things are just the surface, right? The, underneath it is this caring for the patient and taking the whole thing in, into consideration. Well, we are all body, mind, and spirit beings, and the more we look at people holistically, the better chance we have to be a little bit more accurate with what we're seeing. I use the analogy of a box all the time. I can only ever see one to two sides of a box in any given moment um, if the box is big enough, so I have to let go that there are going to be things that I just don't see, and I also want to listen to what other people are seeing who are standing on different sides of that box. The analogy is simple, but I think it resonates and as you're talking about, it's with other practices. You see other people who are doing things that are similar. Wherever it is, we need to be able to take in as many perspectives as we can. Right. And that's part of the job that we have. You know, in the communities that we work in, we want our patients to get the best care. Uh, it's important that that doesn't just stop at our doors, but it goes to other places that they go also, right? People don't want to go to the doctor. They have to go to the doctor. So if that can be a positive experience for them. That means we're winning. It's, it's, uh, it really is truly, it, it's, it's pretty special. So listen, so Dr. Grandi, I want to give, I, I want to give your information. I want people to really know how they can get a hold of you. You're at the pain and spine specialists. You have offices in Bridgeville, Connorsville, Greensburg, Pleasant Hills and Washington. Right. So we have a team. Um, I'm the physician here that works in Pennsylvania. We have a couple of physicians in Maryland. Um, in several offices in Maryland also. Those are our five Pennsylvania offices, um, and we have nurse practitioners and physician's assistants um, also helping us take care of patients. And so most of these locations are open five days a week, some of them two, three days a week as we you know grow business. Um, but we're available all kind of throughout the western Pennsylvania area um, for anything pain-related. And the website, www.passmd.com, so P-A-S-S, md.com and the phone number for Dr. Gandhi is 724-603-3560. Again, the phone number for Dr. Gandhi is 724-603-3560. You put your heart and soul into what you do. I love that about you. I really do. I often tell my patients, you know, once we've developed that connection, they say, "Well, you're You've talked to me more than most of the doctors do. You look me in the eye. You sat down in the chair. We had a conversation, and I say, well, if I couldn't do that as a physician, I might as well not get out of bed every morning. Right? This is what I wanted to do. Right? I wanted to connect with people. It's not just about the procedures that I do or the medications that I prescribe. It's about the human connection. I um, was tra I traveled a lot this past. I've been doing a lot of traveling here in July. I met somebody in a different state, and she said... Um, it's really amazing. You're not, um, you don't talk down to people. Like you're, it's like you're one, it's like you're like everybody else. I was like, why is that amazing? Like I'm like everybody, I am like everybody else. Um, we are all in this together. Like I've, just because I come across information in a certain area of life before you came across it doesn't mean that I'm better. It just means I happen to come across this information. I'm happy to share it. And you've got a world of information you can offer me as well. Right. And that's really what we talked about a little bit more last time. We have much more in common with people than we have different than them. And I think that's the reality of what I do as a practice, whether we relate about sports or music or whatever the case may be, we share a lot. And, and I think that's it. I have a certain expertise in a certain area that I'm happy to share with you and help you with. But in turn, I'm learning from you, right? Any good doctor will say they learn from their patients and I learn from my patients also. Thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Thank you for having me, Dr. Conti. I mean, like, it's really awesome, and I know we're going to have you back. Uh, look, if you're out there listening and we, you had heard us talk about a lot of things tonight, um, but we had touched on some of the reaction you might be having to seeing this awful tragedies that are happening. I say whatever emotions you're experiencing, you're not wrong or bad for having those emotions. What I would invite you to do is two things. One, be mindful that your emotion will have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And Dr. Gandhi used a great phrase tonight, what emerges initially doesn't mean that's where you're going to land emotionally. So it's worth it to be mindful about that. And two, it's worth it to be aware of what you're giving out to the universal content. If you react in anger, you're adding anger. And even though it might be justified, it is anger nonetheless. Be mindful of what you're putting out there and be mindful of what you're practicing because you're mastering what you're practicing. Every week we're here, 8 to 10, emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.